Well, welcome everybody to the Dream Lifestyle Podcast, where we have motivational learning conversations. And I'm excited because into this conversation, we are talking about how to be comfortable being yourself. All right. And this is a really, really cool conversation. And of course, I have Mr. Strategist himself. He's back again. And if you guys missed his uh, time management episode, you should go back and check that out after you listen to this one. But Mr. Pastor Rashad, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, We were having a great conversation really before we started recording. We were talking about, you know, transition and everything like that. And I was telling you about how one of the things that I've intentionally done with this podcast is basically involving God more, a more spiritual perspective to it, just because ultimately that's just who I am. Mm -hmm. Like you don't know me. If you don't know, I go to church every Sunday. You don't know me. If you don't know that I am very faith-based, biblical-based, tongue-speaking, the whole, right. like, that's just who I am. Right. Um, and I spoke about how it took time for me to get to that place of comfortability to just say, you know what, nah, this is my podcast, so that's just what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about what God said. We're going to make biblical references and everything of the sort. Um, and I think that this is an important conversation just because a lot of times especially in church, we talk a lot about how we are fearfully and wonderfully made in his image, but I don't think enough people really understand it enough to operate in that space. And so with all that, I know I said a lot there, mm-hmm. but what do you think when you think about just that that concept of people being comfortable being themselves? We definitely have to be comfortable in our own skin. Um, I think there is a sense of um, whether it be the color of my skin, whether it be the background that I come from, um, we definitely have to be comfortable from that sense. Uh, and that's the one that's talked about a lot within culture. So let's just name it. That is important. Mm-hmm. One of the, um, the word that came to mind is dumbest, but I don't want to insult anybody. But one of the most insensitive things that somebody can say is, I don't see color Mm. because then that means you don't see me. Right. So there's validity to that. But then I think we can then go deeper. So that has value. But then I think if we go deeper, it's also based upon the experiences that I've had, based upon the journey that God has guided me through those things have value as well. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I've lived in Ohio. I now live in the DC metropolitan area. Um, I was born to a single mother. I'm the oldest. All those things have value as well. Yeah, that's good. So we mentioned that, we mentioned that, but now let's go deeper. I think there's at least two more steps we can go. One is the personality, the way that I'm wired. I, I deal with this a lot with my wife. So I'm a likable person and people typically like me. Then they meet my wife and she lights up a room. (laughs) That's a fact. So so part of it is just recognizing that um, excited Rashad is different than excited Stephanie. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're both excited and we should not. I should not try to be her big personality and she should not try to be whatever positive adjective that we'll say that that's for me. So it's also valuing that. And you deal with that in marriage, right? I'm sure with you and Joy, it's like, okay, we're different. And Mm -hmm. our differences each have values. Yeah. 
So I'm walking through it like that because I think sometimes the church starts with where I'm starting and they tend to unnecessarily and sometimes ignorantly try to invalidate everything that I just said. Hmm. And it's not, I mean, it's, they're all valid. They're just not the most important. Right. And the most important is who has God made me to be and who has God called me to be. That's good. And so it's recognizing that based upon salvation, based upon just the fact that I'm a child of God, yes, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm also created to know God. I'm also created to walk in freedom, that there's a purpose that God has for me and God has called me to make an impact. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's recognizing that that has validity as well. And I start there and that, in essence, we turn it upside down and then say, okay, while I'm made in the image and likeness of God, God has given me th- this personality. And while I am more reserved when I need to be big and God called me to be big, I got to be big. But I'm not being big because I'm trying to be like my wife. I'm being big because that's what God has called me to be in this moment. That's good. That, that actually makes me think of a question for you. So mm-hmm. how does a person make the distinction between, okay, this is an area that I need to grow in, right? So they may see somebody else and be like, wow, like I can, don't think I could ever do that, right? Like, how does someone say, okay, that's an area I can grow in versus that's just not the way I would do things? Yeah, I think first, uh, there must always be the willingness to change based upon what God is calling me to do in the moment. That's good. So... I think there's a difference between Rashad being big and lighting up a room because in that moment, I'm the leader, spiritual leader or a business place leader, marketplace leader. As the leader, when you walk into the room, you set the tone. Absolutely. So if I want to set the right tone, this is not the time for me to be reserved and quiet and I don't want to talk to anybody. I have to know what's my expression in being what's required in the moment. So I start with like the role, who am I called to be? So there are spaces where I'm called to be pastor. So then it matters. There are times where I'm called to be CEO. So it matters. So I think it kind of starts with that idea of calling. What does the moment require? So I believe that the very practical definition of being spirit-led is being willing to be appropriate in the moment. So we all have a default and we need to be willing to go opposite of our default. So for me, some folks talk too much. Some folks don't talk enough. So the folks who talk too much need to be willing to be quiet. And the folks who don't talk enough need to know when to speak up. And part, my belief is that's a true surrender to God is when I know my default, but I'm willing to do whatever. Now that I know my default and I'm willing to do whatever, I can then ask, okay, what's appropriate in this moment? That's good. That makes me think of um, when God called Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, mm-hmm. where his default was not speaking because, you know, Lord, I have a stutter and I have a speech impediment. How could I possibly go in front of Pharaoh, all of that? And God said to your, what God calls you to be, what God calls you to do point, basically having the the adaptability to say, Lord, I'm going to just be obedient, even though this is very uncomfortable, even though this makes absolutely no sense, even though I don't know how I'm going to do it. So this is going to have to be you. I'll still do it. Right. And I think when we're thinking about having to be in different rooms, be in different spaces and 
operate in different roles at different levels, you know, it's important that we are aware of that. Like I went to a leadership conference and, you know, I got hired, my company got hired to do the videography. And also I was a speaker at this event too. So it was like a, it's like a double type of role type of situation. But I know for me, I'm aware of, okay, during this time, I'm just the camera guy. So this isn't the time for me to talk. I don't need to be in front of anywhere, take the pictures, film. That's my job. But when it is my time to get the mic, well, do what you do. And it kind of, I think it threw some people off because I think a lot of people, they're used to being like one way where they either will just take people that are like CEOs or they're usually leaders and movers. So they're used to just like being in control of like all eyes on me. But it's like, I believe the best people to work with, the best people that I believe really get ahead are the ones that can adapt. Like to your point where I know when to speak and I know when to be quiet. And I'm okay with that. Like it doesn't matter what room. Like it's it's like a simple thing of if I'm, you know, barely able to pay my bills and I'm in a room full of millionaires, that's not the room to speak. Like be quiet and that's you just listen. Take notes and absorb. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's it. And there's different spaces for that. And I think being comfortable with who you are is being able to recognize when to turn that up. And also when to turn that down. And that doesn't, and that's not an indication of value. Do you know what you want to accomplish in the new year, whether it be personally or professionally? If you're trying to figure it out, I'm encouraging you to get your ticket to the Dreamer Symposium. This is going to be your space to get really clear on what you want to do, where you are, and you're going to leave with a practical success strategy. And there's going to be an accountability system for the entire year to make sure that you complete it so that way you elevate your life all you have to do to get your ticket is go to dreamersymposium.com right now so you can register i want you to be there because i want you to level up i want you to go to the next level in your life i want you to level up in your finances level up in your personal life level up in your professional life level up your overall level of being and you have to go to the dreamer symposium to do that so go to dreamersymposium.com get your ticket now let's get back to the episode right like i don't lose my value just because using the event example where I'm just taking the pictures. Right. Like I'm still me. Exactly. Like I was, I think I talked to the the host of, she's like, why didn't like you could have gotten up and said something. And I was like, no, I know my role. Like I could easily get on this mic and get everybody up and running, but I know my role. This is your event. Mm -hmm. So you should be front and center. Mm -hmm. That's what it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause even with that, at least in those types of situations, you can, you can lose relationships over that type of stuff. Right. You can really mess up relationships because you turn up when you should turn down. Now someone's like, well, you were trying to take the spotlight or this wasn't both supposed to be about you, all that, all that different type of stuff. But well, it is it's the, those moments are what test us. Mm-hmm. That's so good. those are the moments that test us to see are we really comfortable in our skin? That's really good. Right? Because we've had moments where we win in a situation like that, but we've had moments where we don't. Mm-hmm. And so I think going back to your original question the standard has to be scripture the the standard has to be who is god calling me to be um something like first corinthians 13 love is patient love is kind love endures all things right so, mm-hmm. so that's not about a romantic relationship right that's about how i treat people how i should should, should show up so i think your example paints a picture of what it feels like and what it looks like to be comfortable in who God has called me to be 
So if the moment requires me to be on a stage, I'll be on a stage. If it requires me to be behind the camera, I'll be behind the camera. Mm-hmm. If it requires me to sit in the audience, I'll sit in the audience because I have that security in God. Yeah. And I think most people know the right thing to do. Ooh. It's just when I don't do it, right. how am I going to go about dealing with it or solving the problem? The very spiritual way is this idea of sanctification, this idea of I'm growing in who God has called me to be. So in any given situation, I'm going to talk to the believer for a second. In any given situation, there are 10 things I can tell you that needs to be shaped and formed in my life. And all of those are covered under grace. But there's always one thing that God's hand is on where God is like, okay, this is a thing that I've covered by grace, but based upon where I'm taking you to, I want you to grow in this. That's good. And so that becomes important. What's the thing that God's hand is on in this season that he's calling me to grow into so that when I walk into my prayer requests, I'm prepared for the moment. Because going back to your story, this is the part people don't preach, is Moses was so full of insecurity, the Lord had to send a helper when a helper wasn't supposed to be there. That's right. So while he saw the miracle of the Red Sea, while he saw the plagues, he missed the most important miracle, and that was the miracle in me. That's really good. Yeah, a lot of pastors don't preach that one. <laughs> they don't. Well, I, I think it's it's important that we talk about that type of stuff, though, because ultimately, right, one of the things that I know has helped me as I've just embraced who I am and everything like that, where I'm comfortable navigating those different types of roles, and you alluded to this earlier in terms of the levels, it's yes, I know my personality, but a lot of that is shaped from my history. Like I've had enough of bumps and bruises where wrong turns, left turns, right turns, up downs, you know, to the point where, you know, you reach a point where it's like, look at this point, I just gotta be me. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. you, you try to impress people, you do things to, for the wrong purposes Mm -hmm. or in your mind at the time were right purposes. Right. Mm -hmm. But you reach a point I believe to your point where everyone thinks they, where everyone knows what to do. They just choose not to do it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But you reach a point where if you just keep hitting your head, you keep getting tested, right? Because I think God is always, I shouldn't say God is always going to test us, but I'll say there will always be a test in front of us. And Life and situations. Yeah, there's there's always, always going to be some mm-hmm. sort of test. And usually it's in that area that God is covering in grace that you spoke to that he's saying, okay, my hand is on this, but I want you to grow into it. That, if you continue to fail the test, God's not going to change the test. It might change in form. It might go from your marriage to your business to your friendships to work, whatever, right? It can change where it is, its form of it. But ultimately, it's still going to be a test of your pride. It's going to be a test of your humility. It's going to be a test of, you know, whatever it is. So it's like you should reach a point where you're aware of like kind of, okay, I keep running into this situation. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, well, people don't realize, and it's hence the reason why Christianity as a lifestyle is important to me because you're the same you everywhere you go. Yes. And I think we try to put on masks and think we're a different person. And it's like the person who walks in smelling like fried chicken and everyone can smell it, but they can't smell it. Like you're the same you. So if you're rude at home, you're rude at work. (laughs) You're rude with your friends. Yes. So instead of living in a delusion, how about you allow God to deal with that rudeness? 
because oh, man, there so is good. who God has called me to be, but then there are also principles that we all should be living by. The principle of integrity. It, no, God didn't make you to be a liar. Mm-hmm. Or the principle of humility. Yes. The principle of honor. Everyone talks about respect me, but are you respecting others? So there are certain principles, especially for the believer, that don't, I call them like boundaries and like parameters. Mm-hmm. Like this is the the bounds that we live in. No, you shouldn't cheat on your spouse. Right. And under no circumstance. I don't care what culture yeah. says. It's better. And again, I'm not advocating divorce, but it's better for you to separate mm-hmm. and get a divorce. Right. Before you go cheat on them. 100%. And don't use, I can't get a divorce, but I'm going to go cheat. Like that, yeah. that's yeah. that. And, and you know, I think that doesn't make sense. It helps for people to establish those principles, right? Because I think people just live. And I think a lot of people say these words, especially now in social media. I think everyone's saying, like, one of the funniest things, like, as a marketer, I'm like, describe yourself. Oh, well, I'm authentic. And I'm, and I'm just like, what does that mean? Like, what does that actually mean? It sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. Instagram it. But what does that mean? And and you got to be careful because if you don't have the boundaries, being authentic can turn into an excuse for not to be who God has called you to be. Right. Because what are you authentic to? Right? Are you authentically evil? Are you authentically a liar? Like <laughs> there are some things you just should not say. Yeah. You've done premarital with us, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's this idea that yes, I should be open and I should be vulnerable. But I should also take time to process my thoughts. Absolutely. I should not be reckless. Yeah, you can't just shoot from the hip. First thought that comes to your head, I'm going to just say it. Because ultimately, there are consequences to whatever you do. Positive consequences and negative consequences. So just because, and this is a lesson I had to learn. Like, where, yes, you can be honest. But if that honesty is going to lead to, you know, at least in my case, joy, feeling like I don't love her but I was honest, mm-hmm. then clearly I need to filter that. I need There has to be some way in my intelligent brain to frame this in a way where this is more productive as opposed to me being able to walk away and say, well, I was I stuck with my principle of, mm-hmm. honor, of honesty. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and uh, this is good. I'm glad this is recorded because I don't think I've said it like this, but you're typically honest and something else. Like, we're so complex. Typically, I'm being honest when I'm also frustrated. I'm being honest when I'm also annoyed. I'm being honest and I'm also impatient. So if I'm not careful, honesty is also covered in other things. And those are the things that cause damage versus me taking time and say, yes, I honestly feel this way, but I'm also annoyed because this is our 15th time having this conversation. I'm also frustrated because this didn't happen. And taking the time to understand with myself where where's Rashad? I I preached. I used the story of Jacob to talk about communication. So look it up. Read the story of Jacob from when he received the word from God to go back home up until he met Esau. And one principle that stood out is before every serious conversation, the Lord and Jacob had an encounter first. So it starts off. I believe it's roughly Genesis. I think it's Genesis thirty-two. It was the Lord told him to leave. And then he left. He didn't tell Laban. He was being shady. Um, Laban found out. Laban chased him. And before Laban ran into him, he said, do not convince Jacob anyway. Like, mm-hmm. don't convince him to leave or that he should stay. But they still had a conversation. Everything was cool. 
Jacob left, the Lord encountered him again. He tried to manipulate Esau a little bit by sending a gift. Esau sent it back. So then it was that which led him to wrestling with God where his identity was changed. Yes. Then he made amends with his brother. Yes. And we missed that. Like he was talking with God and he allowed God to shape and form him. And as a result, he didn't come in as the trickster who got him in trouble. He came in as a prince of God. Yeah. And I think as believers, we miss that part that I'm not just praying prayers just to make myself feel good. But I'm like, God, I feel annoyed and frustrated. And this person is messing with my ego. And help me figure out, is it I'm feeling disrespected or is it just this opened up a wound that I didn't heal? Yeah. And that's good. And I think that it's the self-awareness piece of mm -hmm. all of it, right? Like it's, it's, I always say it, just Extreme Ownership was just one of the best books I've ever read mm -hmm. um, by Jocko Willich. Mm -hmm. Will, Will it, did I say his name? I don't know. Look it, it up. It's called Extreme Ownership. It is, it, right. <laughs> it's, it's a book called Extreme Ownership, but it talks about how no matter the situation, examine your part in it. Should you have said something different? Should you not have said something? You know, like just complete just, okay, mm -hmm. what role did I play in the situation? Even if it's out of my control, right? But it's like, no, in some way, shape, or form, I was affected by this, so I was in control of this, mm -hmm. right? And I think one of the things that's super helpful as you reach a place of self-awareness, as you reach a place where it's like, okay, I have an understanding of my history. I have an understanding of who I am. Uh, I'm comfortable in my skin. I have a good idea of where God's leading me to. I have a good idea of the areas in my life that God is covering, but is calling me to grow in. Now, when it comes to handling future, when it comes to handling transitions in life, you kind of have a better confidence, I'll say, mm -hmm. when it comes to handling it. Like I know for me, one of the things, like I'm in a major transition right now mm -hmm. where I'm entering into ministry, getting married, and I'm building businesses all at the same time. Mm -hmm. So basically my, the end of my 2023 and the beginning of my 2024 major mm -hmm. but because i know my history when it comes to okay i have confidence that when i've been put in a situation where a job's got to get done and there are things to do i rise to the occasion all right mm -hmm. i bet on me every time mm -hmm. right but even in that i have the humility to say all right what do i need to learn mm -hmm. i have the humility to be in a room with people that are way smarter than me mm -hmm. and just listen reflect but i also know this is also a season where i need to go into some rooms and step up mm -hmm. and speak which usually not to say like i know when to speak but i'm also not i know how to confront but i'm not confrontational mm -hmm. but i believe obviously in the space that i'm in as a leader there is a level of confrontation you have to be mm -hmm. be able to handle and you know that's one of the biggest lessons that i'm even learning now in terms of the topic of just being comfortable with who you are where it's like okay, don't be comfortable with who you are and then like just chill. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, okay, I know my history and I know my present cool. But it's like now I got to be comfortable with who I am and leverage that like as if mm -hmm. it's a tool. Like mm -hmm. who I am is, all right, very valuable, worth it. So let's apply it to how we continue to move this thing forward. Yeah, because being, comfor being comfortable with who you are should not lead you to be mediocre. So... That's a bar. That's part good. of me being comfortable with who I am. It gives me the humility to ask the questions that need to be asked. Um, and I think one of, honestly, one of the best tests of your humility is, are you a hundred percent with God? Mm. Cause if you can't be a hundred percent with God, you won't be a hundred percent with anybody else. Yes. But then in the midst of being a hundred percent with God, 
while being comfortable with yourself, you realize while I'm great, God has better. That's good. So it's it's this this tension of I, I went through this while I was dating, where and I still feel like this now, where um I need you to love me for who I am. I'll deal with the growing and developing, but you can't force me to grow and develop. That's good. I need to do it because I want to be the best me, not because you're forcing me to, to actually be that. So I think it's this, like, please listen to me. Do not get caught into the, because I'm comfortable with my own, in my own skin, I then become complacent. Yes. For the believer, it's recognizing, scripture says we go from glory to glory. Where it talks about that we would understand the width, the breadth, the height, the depth of God's love. That you can be on this earth the, for the next hundred years and still not learn everything about God. Right. So I think it's this idea of because I'm comfortable, it kind of hits back on the whole idea of the Sabbath. I stop working because I'm not working to prove anything. Yes. Right. I'm doing work. It's this idea of Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you will present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. If you're looking for accountability, you need to check out the Dream Society. For $20 a month, you can join a community that will give you the support that you need and the accountability that you need to hit your goals every single week. And for $20 a month, it is the best investment that you will ever make in yourself. So I want you to go to dreamsociety.info right now to join. And let's get back to the episode. You're holy and you're acceptable unto God. Yeah. Then we talk about be not conform, but be ye transformed. But before the work of transformation happens, you first got to see I'm holy and I'm acceptable. And because of that, I do the work. Yes. So I change and transform Rashad not to be holy and acceptable, but because I'm holy and acceptable. Right. That's just who you are. Simple and that, that That's who I am. And yeah. then to your point, it kind of opens up conversations. So like you and I were talking about transitions and you mentioned it kind of feels like I'm unraveling some things. Mm-hmm. And the thought that popped into my mind is, well, if you're progressing with God, you're not unraveling anything. It's true. You're just more so transitioning it into the next season that God has called you to. Because I'm in the middle of a big transition as well. And so I've learned part of the way that you see things defines how you feel about them. Mm. So you say, I'm unraveling things. It feels like, oh my gosh, this is like craziness, it's chaos and all of that. Versus saying, I am bringing everything into alignment with who God has called me to be in this season. That's really good. No, I, I, I like that a lot because it does, even hearing you say it even now, right? Because we talked earlier about it, but even hearing it in that way again, there is a level of peace that comes when it's framed that way, right? There's a level of peace that comes when you're able to just say, because again, I was like, I'm unraveling a bunch. Mm-hmm, I got mm-hmm. undo a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tear it all down. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, no, I'm just aligning. And and one of the things that made me think about with this topic um, is a book I read by um, Jake's uh, called Crushing, mm-hmm. where it basically talks about this, where it's like, you know, especially with transitions, because I mean, transitions are hard, mm-hmm. but there are seasons where you're, we're being pruned, mm-hmm. right? We're being cut and God knows right where to cut us mm-hmm. so that we can bear more fruit. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's what he's called us to do. We are called to bear much fruit. And so 
in that way. I forget the scripture, but it basically talks about how when though it might be in Proverbs, but basically says that for those that don't humble themselves, they will be lowered, but those that that humble themselves, they'll be exalted. Mm-hmm. And I think it's even speaking to the idea that we're talking about where it's like if we operate in humility, basically being who we are, mm-hmm. who God has called us to be, we're a royal priesthood. We are holy as is. That's just who we are. God will exalt us. That's not going to result in mediocrity. That's not going to result in complacency, but it will result in us just being right where God wants us to be in that current season. We'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, it's this idea of, of I hold on to God with everything I have, but everything in this earth I hold loosely. So, you know, my transition now is my wife and I planted a church five years ago. Things are going well. It's a church on paper, couple hundred, 250, praying about having greater impact. And fast forward through the story, feel like God is asking us to go into a partnership. But it doesn't make sense because the church is growing. The Sunday that we announced, we had 20 visitors. Um, but it was this idea of if I want to have the greatest impact, the partnership gives me the greatest impact. Right. That we announced it and in two weeks our launch team is 200 people right just that just that quickly it doubled Mm -hmm. but it required me to hold on to god but to let go of ego to let go of personality to to let go of this idea of how i thought it would look Mm -hmm. and to grab a hold to something else yeah and so it's it's through transition i got to make sure that i'm holding on to the right things yeah. Right. So like for you, you're no longer single. You're, you're mm-hmm. now married. Yeah. Right. You you step into ministry. So like I'm I, I got to make sure that I hold on to God and everything else I hold loosely. Yeah. Because even even what you, it makes me think about how like if I want like you, I can't go into new seasons. I can't go into new spaces holding on to old stuff and in some way, shape or form, at least if we're, t- if we're talking about transitions. There's always going to be, have to be something that's left behind. And it's, it's something that questions you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, 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 it questions. So, like, for me, it was like, did I miss God? Right? And then God was like, no. That's what I called you to do in that season. And in this next season, I'm going to take what you established, and I'm going to grow it and multiply it. Mm-hmm. So, I thought you were going to mention John 15, where it talks about being fruitful. And then it says, you will be fruitful, and then there's a pruning which will come. So you can yeah. bear much more fruit. Much that's that's what it was. I and was really thinking about it. I, was, I couldn't name it. That's what I thought. And so yeah, yeah. and so and so we want the I'm fruitful. We want towards the end of the chapter, which says, whatever you ask, you can have. But we want to skip the pruning right. to bear much, <laughs> much more fruit. Yes. Right. And it's like you can't skip that. So, like, even in mine, it was a tough decision where it was like, we can do this for five years, we can get to a thousand people, you know, like. It's no doubt we can do that in five to seven years. But in that other same five to seven years, we can be a part of an organization that has the potential to be at 15,000. Mm-hmm. But I'm a part of a team. So then it's like, well, do you care more about you doing something on your own or do you care more about the kingdom of God? Then it goes to, are you more concerned about your ego and your logo or are you more concerned about souls? Like it's in 12 months, if we can impact a thousand people, am I going to slow it down because I want to say I did it 
mm-hmm. recognizing in 12 months we can impact a thousand people in Northern Virginia, but it questions you. Oh, so, absolutely. so this brings up, and I'm sure we had our time, but this brings up the reason to be comfortable in your own skin is so when pride comes up, your ego comes up, when arrogance comes up, because you're comfortable in who God has called you to be, because you're secure in your relationship, you can have tough conversations. So through this process, I was like, what part of this is ego? Mm -hmm. What part of this is just, I don't want to do it. What part of this is, I want to see it. And we do that in every season. You're going to go through it becoming married. The two becomes one. And we say it like it's just miraculous yep, and it's just but marvelous. There's pruning. Listen, but but when we have two different there's pruning. <laughs> but when we have two different spending styles. Yes. Oh when we have God. two different communication styles. Well. When we right. So so there's this in every transition, part of who I am can be questioned by the situation that I'm in. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason that I have to be secure. That's good. And I think one of the point that I, and we can end after this point, I think drives everything home that we're talking about. Being who you are is helping lay the foundation so that way you can stay steady in the storm. Absolutely. How it talks about in the Bible that it is building your house upon the solid rock. So that way when a storm comes, you're able to stay steady. As opposed to when the storm comes, it falls away like sinking sand. Right, like, right. When you are comfortable, when you reach a place in your life where you are comfortable with who you are and you know who you are, whose you are, your gifts, talents, and you know that God is elevating you to do something and you're chasing that, you will be able to be on a foundation that will allow you to handle any change, any shift, any pivot, any transition, whatever stage, because you know, listen, I'm on solid ground. Yeah, so... I was talking with with uh, a pastor, um, and we were talking about Joseph. And the question came up: how How do you handle the prison season, the pit, with the idea of I want to go through the pit to get to the palace? Mm-hmm. And the response was: What if I told you that you're always in a pit? Because yeah, Joseph didn't know he was going to stay there, and like the idea is. My palace is my pit. Because if I always want to grow, if I always have vision for what's next, that's good. Right? I'm going to get to the palace. It's going to be great. Then it's going to be like, okay, what's next? So the idea and the goal is not about getting out of the pit. Mm-hmm. It's about what is God trying to kill in you? That's good. Because Joseph didn't, didn't get any greater leadership skills we all say oh he was growing in his leadership how he by interpreting two dreams yeah (laughs) no it was that part of him that was full of pride that caused him to brag to his brothers about what god was going to do that's what got him in the pit yeah and through the entire process and so and so i think what you said is great the storm and i think it's the pruning yes and can we handle the pruning because there's always going to be more yeah. There's all I'm going through this transition now and already I'm like, all right, so I got to get my PhD. I got to make this right. Cause, cause, because that's the whole, the whole idea behind this podcast behind craft your dream is that you want to make a great impact. So that means that there's always going to be a palace that you're going out of. Mm-hmm. And if you're not comfortable being in the pit, if you're not comfortable recognizing according to Psalm 23, the God who's with you on the mountaintop is also with you in the valley you will find yourself self-sabotaging. Yeah. So part of being yourself is being comfortable 
being you and God on the mountaintop as well as in the valley because you know all things are going to work together for your good. Well, that was good. That's a great way to end the episode right there. Well, look, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope that you got something from it, not just something good to hear, not just something motivational or empowering, but I hope that you were able to take something from this episode that you can apply, something that you can really apply to your life in some way, shape, or form that will ultimately change your life for the better. And more specifically than that, they'll basically put you in alignment with where God wants you to go. So I appreciate you guys for taking your precious time uh, to listen to this podcast because we certainly had a blast having this conversation. Absolutely. Um, be sure, if you haven't, check out the Dream Symposium where we are going to help you turn your ambition into action for the new year in 2024. It's in the D.C. area. You can get your ticket in the link description below. Uh, look forward to seeing you all there. It's going to be an amazing, amazing time. Pastor Rashad will be there. He's going to be a part of the Dream panel where we're going to be talking about crafting your dream, uh, really talking about the execution side of it when it comes to actually getting the work done. But I really appreciate you guys. Listen, as you prepare for next week's episode, go check out last week's episode. And always remember, your dream is possible as long as you are willing to work for it. We'll see you guys next week.